the following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Good morning, rather. Welcome. It's May 1st, 2023. Welcome to another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, and we are powered up, of course, by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Network of Podcasts. Check us out, bellyupsports.com, for a complete list of all of our podcasts that we have, and of course, all of our stories that we cover. We've got such an array of of writers. We cover all the sports, major or minor, the four majors, if you will, including soccer. And of course, we also have uh, a complete coverage of all the, of golf, hockey, wrestling, you name it. We are covered from head to toe. That is Belly Up Sports. We are also sponsored by Mahler Brothers Golf. And uh, check out their website, MahlerBrothers.com, MahlerBros.com. Talk a little bit about them a little bit later on. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. I know I did. Uh, it's been a uh, the NFL draft is now complete. The 2023 draft is in the books. I don't know how your team did. You know, I'm not really one into grading drafts. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times it gets, I don't know, maybe overlooked or over-exaggerated what the grades are. You've got a lot of teams that, uh, in my opinion, it comes down to picking for need over value. I hear that word. I heard it all weekend. We'll talk more about it in a little bit. I heard it all weekend about, you know, Detroit, for example, they they didn't pick for value. They could have got these guys later on in the draft. They picked for need. A lot of these teams picked for need. Maybe the best pick available, I get it towards the later round, later end of the first round. But I'll tell you what, a lot of these teams got what they needed, got what they wanted. It, it's funny. Now it is uh, optimism time for all 32 teams. Everybody's zero and zero. Everybody thinks that they're going to go to the Super Bowl and get to the playoffs. We'll talk about some of the trades or and some of the picks here a little bit later on. And, of course, Game 7. What, what could be better than Game 7 in the NHL playoffs? We had a poll that we did on our Twitter feed, which, of course, is at the Real Captain Lou. I invite you to follow me at Real Captain Lou. Check out. You can follow me on uh, Facebook, the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page. Also, you can follow me as Lewis Gamlin, or drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. And uh, you, know, you can tell me what you think of some of these that, some of these topics that we cover each and every day. Um, game 7 of the NHL playoffs, we had a poll on our Twitter handle and also on our Facebook page. What is the best Game 7 scenario in all major sports? NHL, NBA, or Major League Baseball? 
And 48% of you said that it was the NHL with Game 7, and yesterday was a great reason why. The Boston Bruins, the, the President's Trophy winners, the record holders for the best team supposedly of all time, 65 wins, the most points. Game 7, started out losing 2 nothing, three straight, and then Verhage scores the game winner for uh, Florida in overtime. Boston goes home. The shocker, one of the greatest upsets possibly in all time of NHL history. Four to three losing in overtime to the Florida Panthers. The Panthers move on. They will play in Toronto tomorrow. Game one, the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, they win. So they rebound. They break the curse. Game seven provided us another big upset last night as well. Colorado lose to the Seattle Kraken. Congratulations to the Kraken. I know Mike Carvalis, you know, a big Kraken fan. I know he's watching. He's got to be ecstatic with his heat winning. And uh, also with the Kraken, I mean, he's in his glory. But the Kraken, they advance. They're going to move on. They're going to take on the Dallas Stars, I believe, now in the second round. And it sets up for a great second round of the NHL. The Stanley Cup playoffs, the best by far, no doubt about it. And, uh, Again, it, what, what a great night for Game 7s. We've got one more coming up tonight. That's going to be the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils for the right to go on to move to Round 2 to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, every year, it never, it never disappoints. The NHL Game 7 playoff, the Stanley Cup playoffs, amazing. Three Game 7s, 11-3 overtime record for the visiting team in the NHL playoffs. We'll talk more about that as well. Steph Curry, a monster game seven in the NBA yesterday for him against Sacramento. 50 points, going to set up an epic game, uh, second-round matchup in the NBA. I know that the executives and everything at ESPN, TNT, they've got to be salivating right now with that game seven matchup. <clears throat> As it's going to be Golden State and Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, those of you out in the West Coast, I know you're going to be just beside yourself. That's going to highlight the week two match or round two matchups in the NBA. So again, we want to welcome everybody to our show. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Now we're on at 10 a.m. I'm still on the disabled list with my foot surgery. I want to thank all the well wishers for you know for um, wishing me good luck with it. We are going back to the doctor on Thursday, hopefully to get the cast off, go to a walking boot so we can be a little more mobile. But you know what? It uh, gives me an opportunity to spend more time with you guys three days a week. 10 o'clock Eastern time, maybe about a half hour show, depending on if we get any guests. We're going to go solo today, looking to line up some guests later on in the week, but we appreciate you taking time out to watch us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza here on uh, the Captain Lou Network on YouTube. We invite you to subscribe to that. We appreciate everybody that has done that as well. So let's get right into it. Let's get back to the NFL draft. We talked about it. The NFL draft is uh, in the books, 2023. Um, a lot of intrigue, a lot of trades, uh, a lot of positioning, as we mentioned at the top, a lot of teams looking for need. That's, isn't that the number one goal need over value? I know, again, I listen to the mock draft trades or mock draft grades that a lot of these guys are given after the first day. A lot of people bashing my Detroit lions. You know, I like the picks, um, getting Gibbs, you know, He's explosive. He's a playmaker. Detroit wanted him, and it's funny. You read some of the articles afterwards, and uh, 
Um, Brad Holmes, a GM for the Lions, was saying how he was getting text messages from like the Jets, for example, and some of the other teams that were saying, hey, we were going to come up and get him. That was a great pick. These guys know what they're doing. You know, I appreciate everybody's opinions. I get it. But I look at what Detroit drafted in need, and you know what? I think they did pretty good. Second day of the draft, getting Branch. Hendon Hooker, that's a crazy pick right there. I was kind of joking when I said the Lions might go after a quarterback on day two, maybe in the fourth round, because they didn't have a third-round pick. But Brad Holmes was wheeling and dealing throughout the uh, first and second round, and he got Hendon Hooker with the third-round pick. Now, that's I love the pick. And I'll tell you why. Now, I like Jared Goff. I think he's done well. But you look at the NFL right now. They are tending to go to a league where you want to build around your quarterback and these quarterbacks on these rookie deals. You can get four to five years out of them before you have to spend the big money. Jared Goff, he did well for Detroit last year, got him on a roll towards the end of the year. It's kind of scary to think how the Detroit Lions now are picked by many to potentially be the NFC North winner and make some hay in the NFC. That's scary. As a Lions fan, well, I'll tell you what, man, not used to that at all. But now you've got Hooker. He's not going to play this year. That's obvious. He's going to rehab that knee blew out. But if you look at his stats, just think if uh, think if he was at that ACL injury. There was talk that there was a possibility that he may end up being one of the Heisman Trophy candidates, if not the leading candidate. And then all of a sudden he blows out his knee and he ends up falling down as a third-round pick. I got to tell you, I think it's a great pick for Detroit. Um, you know, I know that maybe I'm saying that because I'm a home, but he can sit, he can learn from third guy. You can tell by the interview, he's willing to learn. He's willing to sit back and look while he gets healthy and rehab. Who knows, we could see him in year two, maybe year three. He could sit for a couple of years. Some of these other teams are going that route. Green Bay has done it for years. You know how can you uh, how can you argue with their with their philosophy on that? You know they've gotten themselves a couple of Super Bowl wins, but I love the pick for the Lions. Again, I go back though to the trade to the draft. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and the GM. You know, a lot of these teams did well. Love the Bichon Robinson pick by the Falcons at eight. Maybe this is going to start to switch the trend a little bit. Maybe running backs will start getting a little more value. The versatile running backs, a guy like Gibbs, a guy like Robinson that can go out of the uh, out of the slot, play, you know, the Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey type of player. Who knows? Even more like a Debo Samuel where they get, you know, you could play him again at the slot or line him up as, you know, in the backfield. It's going to be fun to watch. And I think Detroit did really well. Some of the picks maybe that, I'm surprised that went as far as they did. Now, I like that Detroit got Sam Laporta in the second round as a tight end, but I love that Mayer pick in Las Vegas. I think he's going to do really well for the for the, uh, for the the Raiders. I think he's going to step right in. He's going to be a day one contributor. He's going to give them what they need at tight end and a, a huge pickup for the Raiders. Really, really liked it. Another one that I think is going to be a huge pickup is Jaden Reed. Now, I watched him play at Michigan State. The guy's a playmaker. He got injured a little bit um, midway through the year last year for the Spartans. But boy, oh boy, that guy can make plays. Green Bay is not going to – they're not going to miss Alan Lazard. You've got him now with Watson teaming up with him. You've gotten Jordan Love some weapons, a couple of tight ends. 
These are some of the players that uh, Aaron Rodgers never got for uh, the for the Green Bay Packers when he was there. I love that pickup with Green Bay. I tell you, he's he's going to be a day one contributor right there. And what they got him in the third round, and so in Green Bay, I thought had a great draft with Van Ness. That guy's going to be a stopper. He's going to be a playmaker. I think the Lions and the Packers did really well in the draft, but I love that Jaden Reed pick for Green Bay. You know, just like uh, Brian Branch for the Lions. They got him in the second round. That safety was uh, picked by many to be a first-round a first round uh, talent. So there you go. First day, overreaction, complete the draft, complete the process. I think a lot of teams did well. Uh, it, I just uh, A lot of teams did good. You know, Seattle. Getting uh, JSN, you know, and Jigma, they're going to line him up with with Lockett. Oh my God, it, it, it's amazing how you know Geno Smith getting some huge weapons in Seattle. A little bit of a head scratch with Charbonnet getting that pick in the second round. You know, Walker I thought was good, but he's injury prone. Now they got a Spartan and a Wolverine in the backfield. Yeah, Charbonnet was a Wolverine. Remember before he went to UCLA, but that guy's the real deal as well. I thought Seattle did fantastic getting Witherspoon and Jackman, Jackson Smith and, Gig, and Jigma in the first round. Holy cow, that's huge. So I think that they did really well. So, I, I, again, I can't, I can't complain about that. I love what the state of Pennsylvania did, you know, with, with some of their picks as well. How can you not like Jalen Carter going and uh, Nolan Smith to the Eagles? Impact players. Impact players. Now, obviously, Carter – He's got the off-the-field issues. We talked a little bit about it on Friday. I don't know if that's going to make that big of a deal. He's got his mentors there, players he played with in Georgia. They now know what it's like to be at the NFL level. Hopefully, for his sake, it turns out. But how can you not right now, if you're looking on paper, say the Philadelphia Eagles are not the team to beat in the NFC? Now, you can say all you want about San Francisco. I'm not totally sold on the quarterback situation. Are you telling me that Sam Darnold is going to be a quarterback to uh, lead San Francisco to the NFC Championship game or to the Super Bowl? He's had so many chances. Brock Purdy, was he a one-hit wonder? Is he going to come back? I don't know. I mean, I, I look at so many interesting picks. The Rams, they got Stetson Bennett in the fifth round. That's an interesting backup for uh, Matthew Stafford. All Bennett's done is one, two national championships. How can you – downgrade that. I mean, I thought the Rams did good. You can look all over the NFL in the draft and you can say, well, you know, this team did a C minus, this one did a C, they're tanking, they're tanking. I don't know. I mean, people are dogging the Houston Texans for what they did in the NFL draft. I I don't get it. I mean, they got CJ Stroud, who to me is a day one starter and they got Will Anderson. I love what they're trying to put the pieces together. They went for need. They're not sitting back and waiting till 2037 or whatever for you know in the future because you don't know what the future is going to bring. I mean, look at look at Houston, Jacksonville. You know, you talk, you listen to a lot of people. They didn't help themselves that much in the draft. There, Jackson. Look at that division that Houston's in. You got Jacksonville. They're on top. Tennessee. You don't know what they're going to be like. You've got an aging quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Derrick Henry might not even be there. I mean, he's unhappy. They're kind of middling. I don't know. Uh, you tell me. And then, uh, you, you know, you've got Indianapolis. Right now, they, they, 
they've got an opening day starter as well in Richardson, and he's raw. They probably start Gardner Minshew at quarterback, who's okay, but you know he's not going to take you to the Super Bowl. Houston, I like what Houston's doing. I love what they did this year. They've got two impact players who you know are going to start right away. They're going to take their lumps, but they're going to be there. I like it. They're starting to build something there. And so that's interesting. Now, I want to take a look back at some of the trades that were made. You know, of course, we talk about Detroit. We talk about Houston trading with Arizona. Arizona then trading with Detroit. Detroit switching around in the second and third round. Later on, day three, Detroit made the, the trade. Uh, they, they made the trade with Philadelphia for uh, DeAndre Swift. What is Swift going to bring to Philadelphia? Well, I got to tell you, we've watched DeAndre Swift for three years. When he's healthy and when his head's in the game, he's he's one of the best. You know, out of the backfield, he can catch passes. That's probably his, his strong point, but the guy can't stay healthy. And it, it is so funny that Philadelphia, all of a sudden when they get him, he's a star. He's one of the best running backs around. I don't know if I buy that. For Philadelphia's sake, God bless you. I hope you get the guy that we here in Detroit had hoped to see in the last three years. We saw flashes of it, but a guy, the guy can't stay healthy. What does he play that the most? Nine games maybe in the, in one season in the three years that he's been here? I mean, come on. I don't see it. Philadelphia's got a crowded backfield. You've got DeAndre Swift now, Boston Scott, uh, Gainwell. Uh, who else? Here's the other thing to keep in mind. When Swift doesn't get the carries and he doesn't get all the attention, he's a powder. And you can see it. He powdered during the training camp last year. I hearken back to watching Hard Knocks when they had uh, Deuce Staley as a, he was the running backs coach, just lighting into DeAndre Swift. And, you know, I know people react differently, but, boy, he just looked disinterested when the spotlight in the backfield wasn't on him. And I'm wondering how that's going to be in Philadelphia. Now, I know Philadelphia's got a great team around him already. DeAndre Swift is just a piece. But it just cracks me up that all of a sudden he goes to Philadelphia and the East Coast media think he's going to be one of the top running back weapons in the NFC, especially in the uh, NFC East. I'll believe that when I see it. DeAndre Swift, good luck to you in Philadelphia. I hope you do better there than you did in Detroit. His number one thing, he's got to stay healthy. And I don't know if he can do that. So I think Detroit made out in that trade. They got an extra fourth-round pick. They swapped seventh-round picks, whatever. I mean, I'm not worried about that. Detroit got their guy in Gibbs. It's his turn. He's going to be on a rookie deal for a few years. That's huge. Now you've got Swift, who Detroit wasn't going to hang on to. Let's face it. He wanted out even before the draft. Detroit was looking at opportunities. You had to sense something was going on because the rumors were they were looking to trade DeAndre Swift before the draft, and then when they drafted Gibbs, you knew his time was uh, his time was short in Detroit. So good luck to him in Philadelphia. But with all the media, the way that they're all of a sudden clamoring over DeAndre Swift as one of the best running backs in the NFL or in the NFC East, especially. I don't see it. Good luck to you, DeAndre. I hope you do well in Philadelphia. I hope that your potential, that dreaded P word, I hope that that uh, plays true for you in Philadelphia. We're going to talk a little bit now about 
the to talk a little bit now before the or about game seven in the NHL playoffs. But first, before we do that, I want to talk a little about uh, Mahler Bros Golf. You know, when we're on the golf course, me included, we always want to look good on the course, don't we? And sometimes, you know, it comes at the expense of feeling good. What do I mean by that? Let's say you're out there, you know, you've got a shirt that you're wearing from 1985 or 1999, and you get out there and your confidence, if you're like me, sometimes your game isn't the greatest. You want to look good because when you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, who knows? Maybe you're playing for a couple of shackles, whatever. So if you want the complete package on the golf course, look to MahlerBros.com, Mahler Bros Golf. They've got the polos that help you look good and they help you feel good. They're lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body. You will feel cool while looking just as cool. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design, or for others like me, a little bit more of the conservative look and a subtle and sleek looking design. They've got fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, you name it, so much more to make your golfing experience that much better. And while you're there, MahlerBros.com, use the code BELLYUP for 15% off. MahlerBros.com, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com, Use the belly or use the promo code BellyUp for fifteen percent off. That's MahlerBros.com. We welcome you back here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza Monday, the May the first, two thousand and twenty-three. Shout out to uh, one of my good buddies, John Turvey, lives up in Iron Mountain, Michigan. I know he's watching the show. He uh, he's a big golfer, but more importantly, he's a big uh, Boston Bruins fan, and I know he's. Uh, I was texting back and forth with him last night, and it was painful, very, very painful. And I, I, I don't revel in fan bases' pain after losing big games. It all happens to us. Hey, I'm a Lions fan. I know what it's like to lose heartbreaking games going back for years and years. But speaking of heartbreak, there's no other hockey franchise and fan base recently that has suffered more heartbreak than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, they're up three games to one. Was this finally going to be the year that Toronto is able to break through in the Stanley Cup playoffs and get that opportunity to go to the second round? Well, you know what? They're in, they lose game five, so they got to go back to Tampa. And then here we go with game six, and it's a close one. Are they able to break through? Indeed, Toronto finally able to do it. Congratulations to the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fan base. I feel so good for them. I've got some friends of mine, Rasty McGibbon for one. Hey, Doc, good morning. I know you're watching. Congratulations. A big win. Game six, they finally break through. They win three game, four games to two over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, what a game Saturday night. Uh, how many of you, raise your hand, thought that they might be going to game seven? Back in Toronto tonight. Boy, I, I got to tell you, it, it was amazing how close it came to be reality there. But Toronto breaks through John Tavares in overtime. He was able to, to break that string. And I called it on Twitter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, pat myself on the back. 
you know, I got to give it to Liam McHugh, though. He he kind of brought it up. He brought the stat up where he was the game-winning goal scorer when the New York Islanders broke their string of uh, futility in the playoffs, and he was able to do it for Toronto. How many years has the Toronto Maple Leafs finally, you know, they've been so heartbroken every year, losing in game seven, blowing three to one game leads. 11, what was it, 11 straight games where they were potentially able to clinch and make it into uh, the second round. They were able to finally do it. So congratulations to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are indeed going to the second round. They're going to take on the, uh, they're going to take on the Florida Panthers. You talk about crushing, absolutely crushing. You know, I, I mentioned my buddy there watching. Not only does he got to deal with a game seven collapse or a series collapse against the uh, Florida Panthers, now up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, they're dealing with up to two feet of snow today. So when it snows, it pours. I won't say rain because it's snowing up there. But let's go to that. It, it, Three games to one, you're thinking Boston's going to clinch it. They go down to Florida on Friday night. One hell of a game six down there. Back and forth, back and forth they went. And then, boom, it ended up being a win for Florida, making it back to game seven in Boston. And then they jump out to a 2 nothing lead. And I'm thinking, what the heck's going on here? Could it possibly be? And then Boston storms back. Three straight goals. They're up 3-2. to two, And I'm thinking, all right. You know what? They're gonna. They got the scare they needed, the wake up call they needed to potentially get back into this one and go to the Stanley second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But no, Marone gets that game tying goal under a minute to go in the third period to tie it up, and then in overtime this happened. Carlo can't grab it. It comes to Verhage. Tershu scores. Carter Verhage and the Panthers. Wow, unbelievable. Our first highlight, courtesy of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs Radio Network, and the second highlight, courtesy of the NHL Network. Wow. The Toronto Blue Jays, or I'm sorry, the Boston Bruins fall to the Florida Panthers, 4-3 to three in overtime. Verhage with the game winner. Uh, just, uh, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. An epic collapse for the Boston Bruins. A lot of question marks now. You've got uh, game seven with Patrick, or could that have been Patrice Bergeron's last game in a Boston Bruins uniform? You saw him hugging the players after the game, his, his raising of the stick to the crowd. It's heartbreaking. I get it. And again, I, I, you know, I think back to it, you know, I don't like the revel in fan base's misery. You know, you can say what you want. There's a lot of obnoxious fan bases out there. There's a lot, a lot of front-running fan bases. The Lakers, the Knicks. We're going to wait and see now how many New York Knicks fans come out of the woodwork now that they're actually winning. Um, the Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody always says, you know, they're all of a sudden they're Yankee fans or Laker fans or Bruin fans since 19-whatever, 55. But for the true Boston Bruin fans, I do feel sorry for you. I really do because there's, there's no happiness and misery. I don't wish that on anybody. You know, it's just – the unpredictability of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And usually you can say it's a hot goaltender. I don't know. Bobrowski played okay, but he wasn't great. Goaltending, yeah, it may have been it made a made the difference in this one, but 
They didn't ride a hot goaltender in this series. And it was amazing to me how flat Boston looked. They looked tight. How tight they looked in game seven. Florida played on house money. They knew it. 118 points, 100 and what was it? 135 points to 92. That was the point differential for the regular season. Didn't mean anything. You got to show up and play the games. And now what does Boston do? They are in salary cap hell right now, coming into next year. Pasternak, they signed to that monster deal. Bergeron probably won't be back. Are they going to try to re-sign Bertuzzi? Are they going to be able to afford him? You know, he had such a strong playoff performance. Tyler Bertuzzi's going to want seven to eight million dollars. Boston, I don't know where they're going to go. I really don't. So it's going to be interesting to see. The other game seven last night, Colorado and Seattle. And again, the road team prevailed. What did I read? 19 or 19 out of the last 24 games, the road team has won. And in Stanley in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, opening round in the first in overtime, 15 playoff teams have gone to overtime. 12 and 3. The road team has won. That's been their record. Absolutely unbelievable. Seattle comes in. Seattle scored first in each of the seven games in this series against Colorado. I know Colorado was banged up, and I know get, uh, losing uh, McCarr to game five for that suspension hurt, but Seattle, they hung on. It looked like maybe Colorado got their legs underneath them in that game six win in Seattle, and they came into game seven, and Seattle took control of it up 2 nothing and didn't relinquish the win. Grubauer played well. He Maybe this was a case where Grubauer played better. It's obvious he did. Now they go to the second round. They take on the Dallas Stars. So now we're going to have a brand new Stanley Cup champion again. So hard, so difficult to repeat. You know, you've got the Red Wings who did it here in this century. You'd have the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins that did it. The Tampa Bay Lightning have done it. The Chicago Blackhawks couldn't do it. They won three cups, though. I mean, it is so difficult to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. It's absolutely unbelievable. And now here we go again. We're going to have a new Stanley Cup champion with the Colorado Avalanche. They're gone. You talk about a team with a lot of questions. You know, they've got Nate McKinnon. What are they going to do in goal? You know, that's going to be a, the first big uh, question mark. Are they going to deal with Kemper in goal? They've got a lot of big contracts they got to talk about. they got a lot of decisions to make. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. We're going to find out who that head is now with uh, the next round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But before that, we still have one more Game 7, as we mentioned, 19 out of the last 24 winners in the NHL playoffs on the road. So now we still have one more Game 7 to talk about, and that, of course, is uh, going to be the um, Rangers against the Devils. And uh, that's going to be a fun matchup tonight. I've got a good friend of mine that's a big Rangers fan, Bob Fari. I know he's going to be glued. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind of messaging him a little bit before the game to see how his temperature rate is, his pulse rate. Oh, this is what it's all about. Game seven. You know, I know they had a game seven in the NBA. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But boy, oh boy, when it's sudden death, the way that these have been one goal games, you go into overtime. Again, I brought it up on my poll question on Twitter at the real Captain Lou. What is the better game seven? 
in all of uh, the major sports. NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball. 49% of you said the NHL. I think it was 28% or 32% said the NBA. or 30, 28% said the NBA, and I think 15% said uh, the Major League Baseball. NHL by far to me, and I know I'm a little biased because I'm a bigger hockey fan, but I got to tell you, when you have overtime games like last night and you've got a Game 7 looming here tonight with the Rangers and the Devils, that one, you know, I thought the first two games, I thought the Rangers dominated. I thought they were going to win in six or five. Then the way the, the Devils came back and won three straight and the Rangers looked dead on their skates, I thought, wow, this one's going to be over in six or eight for the Devils. Now it's Game 7. Who can handle the pressure of Game 7 better? Is it going to be the Rangers or is it going to be the Devils? I don't know. Real quick on the NBA, um, they had a Game 7 last night or yesterday afternoon, the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Golden State won, going away in the fourth quarter. What can you say about Steph Curry? The guy's absolutely amazing. And uh, he played uh, lights out, 50 points. You've got to start talking. If he's not in the conversation as one of the best players of all time, I don't know who is. And he's right up there. Clutch. 50 points last night. Unbelievable. You had a feeling they were going to come back after that egg that they laid at home in game six. Now they're going to take on the uh, Los Angeles Lakers in the second round. As we mentioned, I know the networks are salivating. That's going to be the, uh, the prime time matchup, if you will. LeBron against Steph, and, uh, you know, everybody's going to be watching. Yes, I'll probably tune in a little bit. I'm not a big fan of either team. You know, I'm not, you know, the, the love fest for LeBron James is going to be heightened a hundredfold. Uh, Draymond Green, I'm not a big fan of his. I, you know, I, I don't like his dog and pony show. But, you know, it's going to be, for the NBA, it's must-see TV. I know they wish they would have had an epic matchup like this in the finals, but, you know, we'll keep an eye out on it. Real quick, I forgot to mention this. Let's go back to round two of the NHL. I know we're bouncing around a little bit. To me, the game two matchup, we're going to talk more about this on Wednesday. Vegas and Edmonton. Really looking forward to watching this one in round two. That is going to be one for the ages as well. The NHL has got to love this. I know, unfortunately, it's out on the West Coast. A lot of the games will be later on, but I'm going to be keeping one eye open on this one throughout the series. Connor McDavid makes it to the second round, Leon Dreisaitl. And of course, you got Vegas and this run that they've been on since they dropped the opening puck of their first game. They're a mainstay in the playoffs. They've got a big hurdle to get through in Edmonton. I've got Edmonton winning this one probably in six, maybe seven. That's going to be a dynamite matchup in this one. Can't wait for that. So some big matchups in round two, you know, in the NHL as well. You're going to have, like I mentioned, it's going to be the winner of tonight's game against uh, uh, against Carolina. Then you've got Tampa, or I'm sorry, Florida and Toronto. I know the NHL would have liked to have Boston and Toronto, but Boston spit the bit. They choked. Epic collapse. Now it's going to be Toronto against uh, Florida. And then in the West, in the other matchup, you've got Dallas taking on Seattle. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, as much as I, you know, Seattle is the Cinderella story, I've got Dallas winning that one, I think. They're probably the best defensive team right now in the NHL, and I think they're going to be able to clamp down on Seattle. But, wow, we've got some great matchups in Division Two or in Division Two, Round two of the NHL playoffs. In the NBA, of course, you've got the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. 
There's a rivalry renewed in the playoffs. That one's going to go the distance. Boston and Philadelphia, an old-time matchup. Injuries are going to play a part in that one, unfortunately. I don't know how much they're going to get out of Embiid. Boston might be able to skate through that one. Then you've got Denver and uh, Phoenix. Phoenix now I think is going to be my odds-on pick to win the whole thing. So we'll have to wait and see on that. So a lot going on. Boy, it's been a very eventful weekend in sports with the NFL, with their draft, the NHL, the Game 7s. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And again, we want to thank you for joining us here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on uh, YouTube, watching us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We're going to be back here on Wednesday. But I want to close out something here. I want to close out the show this afternoon, or this morning, rather. <clears throat> One thing that I've noticed and I've watched with these playoffs, both the NBA and the NHL. Now, I watched Game 7 yesterday with Boston and <clears throat> with Florida. You watch some of these other first-round series. They're going at each other tooth and nail, dropping the gloves, you name it. A lot of animosity built up in that Toronto series, or that Boston series against Tampa with Keith Kachuk and uh, Swayman, or I'm sorry, with Allman. You know, you've got Marshan, who is the Bill Lambeer, the Boston Bruins. You love him if he's on your team. You hate him anywhere else. You know, there's such a disdain for each other. But at the end of the day, game seven, heartbreaking loss. They're all there at center ice shaking hands. Tampa and Toronto. John Cooper losing a heartbreaker to Tampa, to Toronto. You could tell, you know, all the words of advice he was giving to each player going through the handshake line. And then you've got the NBA. You've got what really stuck out to me was the L.A. Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I know there was a lot of talk back and forth, you know, the, the trash talk and the media, you know, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, LeBron, uh, this and that and the other. You know, that was a hard-fought series. You know, they're tooth and nail at each other's throats. No like for each other. Where, you know, where was the sportsmanship after the game? Wasn't there. LeBron felt he didn't have to go shake hands. Then you've got yesterday with Golden State and Sacramento. Sabonis not shaking hands with uh, Draymond Green. Well, as much as I don't like the guy, if I was playing, there would be handshakes. And it may not seem like a lot, but to me, it just shows you, again, how the NHL outclasses the NBA. Again, one of the best traditions in all of sports is the handshake line in the NHL after a hard-fought series. You know those players don't want to do it. That's probably the last thing they want to do. But it's a tradition that they keep going that, to me, just shows that, you know, again, they're a step above the NBA in class. The NBA is all about me, 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 me. What can I do? What's in it for me? And the NHL, again, class move, a lot more classier than the NBA. I'll take it. Seven days to Tuesday, nine days to Tuesday, however you want to do it. My kudos to the NHL for how they continue to do that. It's not mandatory to do it. Every once in a great while, once in a great while, you'll see an NHL team with a player that won't be in the handshake line. Maybe I can count on one hand in the 50 years that I've been watching the NHL. You know, the Pistons got berated for it. You know, Larry Bird didn't shake hands with the Pistons before that. You know, it goes on and on. You know, this mantra where, you know, you want to berate some teams but not other. I'm calling the NBA out. It's classless. And, you know, shake hands. You know, I know it's a hard-fought series and you don't like each other. 
but you know, put your differences aside, be the better man. And obviously LeBron wasn't in that at the end of the series and Sabonis wasn't for uh, Sacramento, but the NHL, they're above that. And my kudos to them. And uh, that's why they outclassed the NBA again. Well, that's going to do it here for us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We appreciate you all for taking time out to watch us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the show again. We invite you to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, the Captain Lou Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at the Real Captain Lou, and also on Facebook, the Captain Lou Extravaganza, or my personal page, uh, Louis Gamlin. Or drop me a note, Sweet Lou nineteen sixty five at yahoo.com. Tell me what you think. Did the NHL outclass the NBA again? I certainly think they did. We also want to thank you for joining us here this morning on the show. We'll be back Wednesday, 10 a.m. with another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. And again, you'll be able to listen to this on podcast form. It'll be downloaded later on this afternoon. I'll share it on my social media pages. You can listen to all of our shows on Spotify and also on you can watch it on our YouTube channel on the Captain Lou Sports Network. We invite you to uh, check out our website. That's bellyupsports.com. That's who powers us up every week. We're also sponsored by MahlerBrosGolf.com. Check them out. 15% off. Check out the website. Use the belly code or the, the uh use the promo code BellyUp for 15% off your next purchase. And you're gonna look great on the golf course while you're shooting that monster round that you've always been waiting to shoot. All right, that's gonna do it. Enjoy the day, everybody. Enjoy game seven tonight of the NHL playoffs. It's gonna be the Rangers and it's gonna be the Devils. Round two of the NHL playoffs start tomorrow. The NBA playoffs will start their round two as well. Enjoy it, but enjoy the day. More importantly, have fun, smile, and, uh, you know, be kind to everybody. Captain Lou saying keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Good night, everybody. Good morning, good day, wherever you're watching us. Thanks for joining us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza on the Captain Lou Sports Network. So long.